Hi everyone, welcome back to the Student Soapbox, hosted by the Student Association at the University of Albany. Hosted out of the Department of Academic Affairs, I am one of Michelle's Associate Directors. My name is James Kinney, and I am honored to be the Associate Director of Professional Development and Alumni Affairs. And I'm your Director, Michelle Ferreno. And let's face it, y'all, college is expensive. Where would we be without financial aid? Well, I could tell you right now, Mitch, I would definitely not be sitting with you if it was not for financial aid. Me neither, Jimmy. And that's why it is so critical that people fill out their FAFSA. It opens on October 1st, y'all. So be prepared. I feel like a lot of people don't know about FAFSA unless they're like an independent student. How do you think that we can like get students to know about financial aid more? Well, that's actually what we're going to talk about today. And considering the fact that financial aid is super complicated, we want to help out. I remember the first time I filled out my FAFSA, my mom and I sat down and my mom actually cried. It was that confusing, but it doesn't have to be. And that's why we're here. I remember the first time I filled out my FAFSA. I think I was sitting in the middle of a music class freshman year. Um, no, this was actually for sophomore year. And they were asking me information about my IRS. And I was like, who's the IRS? Like, what is that? You know? Yeah, taxes, forms, complications. If I remember right, it's kind of redundant too. But you know what? It helps us afford college and super important. But see, the best part is, is that so many people don't know that there are so many different resources out there, not only on their campus, but even online too. You can receive grants, which you don't have to pay back, and loans, which you do have to pay back. So there are two different types of uh, government loans. So we have subsidized and unsubsidized. You fill out your FAFSA and they'll be able to let you know exactly how much you'd be getting of each. And when you fill out your FAFSA, you can put up to 10 schools that you might think you might be going to, or if you are on the Great Dane train and you like being on the Great Dane train, you only have to put University at Albany and depending on your school, they'll have their own financial aid portal where they'll let you know your award package. And don't forget, if you're a transfer student, it's so important to update your financial aid. I just transferred and if I did not update that information as soon as I decided to move, I definitely would not be receiving the amount of funds I'm receiving right now. Absolutely. So if you're considering transferring, remember to go in and change what schools you're going to, or if you're moving to go and change your addresses, your billing, super important. So there's two different types of grants. There's federal and there's state grants. The federal grant is called the Pell Program, and depending on what you make and whether or not you're a dependent or an independent, will determine how much or if you receive a Pell Grant. There are two types of grants. There's federal and state grants. So the federal grants are what are known as Pell. And Pell is based off of your income as well as whether or not you are a dependent or an independent student. Typically, if you are a dependent student, you do not receive as much money because it goes off of your parents' income. Whereas TAP is also an additional grant that comes from the state of New York. In addition to TAP, there's also something called Excelsior. Uh, and Excelsior, if you make under um, a certain amount of money, you qualify for free in-state tuition. Yeah, so pretty much with Excelsior, how that works is it's a last dollar scholarship, which means they look at your TAP, they look at your Pell. If you don't receive it, that's okay. And if you make under that certain amount of money, I believe right now it's $125,000 per year, which they're trying to expand to make it more accessible for our SUNY students. 
There are so many different things that go into funding our financial aid, and most of that directly comes down to how the governor makes his budget for the year. But we'll be talking a lot about that when we have the student assembly president on later, Brad Hershenson. Yes, so Brad has been newly elected into the SUNY Student Assembly, which represents 1.4 million students across all 64 student campuses. What's really cool about Brad's position is that he is one of the only Board of Trustee members that is not appointed by Governor Andrew Cuomo or the governor who is acting at that time, uh, which means that Brad is really um, the advocate for students. Brad was elected for the students, by the students and we cannot wait to have him on later on in the show. So without further ado, we'd like to introduce the Student Assembly President of SUNY, Brad Hershenson. Brad, how does it feel being a newly elected president of the largest student government body in the nation? It feels fabulous. I'm, I'm really honored to, uh, to have this position. Brad, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you, your background, and why are you excited to take on this role? Sure, so my name is Brad Hershenson. I'm a PhD student in the Information Science program at the University at Albany. I'm studying in the College of Homeland Security, Cybersecurity, and Emergency Preparedness. I'm also the graduate assistant in the Office of Sustainability at UAlbany. And I'm excited about this position and student assembly, specifically this year, because it's such a challenging year with COVID-19 and the global pandemic that we're in. I'm really excited to work with such a great, talented group of diverse student leaders to address a lot of these issues that we're all facing across the state of New York and beyond. I'm, as I'm sure you know, in two days from now, the uh, FAFSA will be coming out October 1st. I'm sure uh, everybody's really excited about that. Brad, why is financial aid important to students? Well, especially in a pandemic, students are really, really um, in an economic circumstance where money is going to be a huge issue. And we really see finances and money as an investment to students, an investment in the state of New York. So the easier we can get money into students' pockets to pay for their textbooks, housing, food, and tuition, um, we're going to try our best this year to make sure we can get that done the best we can. So Brad actually has a lot of experience working in uh, the legislature. And Brad, can you tell us a little bit about how the SUNY budget works and how TAP and Excelsior are funded? I'd like to just kind of review a little bit of the state budget. The state budget is $180 billion, and that's coming from taxpayer funds. So SUNY an entity and sort of a creature of the state, hence the first letter in SUNY, State University of New York, um, a lot of that money is coming from us, being New York State residents, taxpayers, um, and folks that live in New York. So when it comes to SUNY, there's different streams of revenue uh, for our campuses. For example, tuition, state support, and some of our campuses will have alumni associations, research foundations, etc. So when it comes to funding our campuses, there's sort of different pots of money um, that come into play. With respect to TAP and Excelsior, like you mentioned, um, those two topics, we could have a completely different podcast just uh, on each one of those. But with respect to TAP and Excelsior, the key here is really the word expansion. And we want to see expansion to these programs. So, for example, TAP, the Tuition Assistance Program, 
provides students um, finances to go to college who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to do so. There seems to be a lot of confusion with students as to these different state-funded programs. Can you tell us a little bit about the differences between TAP and Excelsior in regards to what they are and who's eligible? So TAP and Excelsior are both state-funded grant programs that provide students the opportunity to go to college in New York State. With respect to TAP, there's an income threshold. With respect to Excelsior, there's also an income threshold. Excelsior provides students from the middle class the opportunity to attend college tuition free. That being said, with respect to the costs associated with pursuing a degree at an institution of higher education, Excelsior doesn't cover costs such as textbook, housing, food, a lot of which are mandatory. For example, if you live on campus on Indian Quad, you'd be mandated to have uh, a meal plan through our food service company. So we'd like to see programs like TAP and Excelsior expanded to cover some of those costs. And then also there's requirements regarding how many semesters you have to be um, enrolled in college and also how many credits you have to take per semester. So for example, with TAP, students can only receive TAP up to eight semesters. And given the COVID-19 pandemic, Maybe a student needs to take a semester off. Maybe a student needs to take nine semesters or 10 semesters. Maybe they have a grandparent who's sick. Maybe they have a child they need to take care of. And they can't take 12 credits a semester for eight consecutive semesters. So a lot of what we're going to be fighting for in the student assembly this year is expansions to these programs to provide a broader access for students to obtain a degree. Yeah, absolutely. And we're so glad that you're such a strong advocate to make higher education affordable for everyone. Since there's been COVID-19 and it's really affected the federal and state budgets, a lot of students are worried that TAP and Excelsior are in danger. Would you say this is a concern of yours? Well, what's more of a concern for me is the TAP gap, which, again, is another one of those topics we could spend a couple hours going into. But I don't think the state would revoke these programs. I don't believe that money will dry up from these programs. I think the, the concern should really be about how are we going to get more money into these programs. And the way we see it is the New York State puts money into institutions of higher education when it uplifts students, specifically students from marginalized communities, students who otherwise without these programs wouldn't have the opportunity to pursue a degree or to have a residential experience on a campus, you know, that's where it really lies. We really need to make sure we're fighting for that at every level, whether that's the campus level, the state level, the federal level, and just all across the board. Yes, so I know you mentioned before, especially with Excelsior, that there was a little bit more in terms of restrictions and how they have to have the 30 credits a year. And so if, say, a student is affected by COVID and they can't meet those criteria for that one semester and they need to apply for an exception. Do you know how they would go about doing that? So there's folks on each campus that are designated to handle these concerns, uh, whether that's through the financial aid office or the student affairs departments um, in particular. But I think New York State and SUNY is going to work with students. Um, specifically, they've been doing so with students who identify with accessibility needs on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, that being said, you know, it's, it's really up to us um, to fight for these programs to accommodate students the best that they can.
So I think we can really see the importance here of financial aid and how it really impacts us as students and really just as young adults. Um, what would you say to students who want to help advocate for more uh, financial aid affordability in public higher ed, such as in the SUNY system? Well, I would say we have to turn the table on the model as it stands. See, I think right now we're sort of waiting for the train to reach the station and we need to be driving that train as students. And, you know, we're the primary consumer of the product. We're the ones paying the tuition. We're the ones going to class. So we need to be seen as policymakers. And what I'll say is there's about 36 days until the election. So you have to get involved. You have to register to vote if you haven't done so already. And you need to take a look at all of the elections that you're eligible for. It's not just federal elections. There's state elections. There's local elections. There's county school boards and supervisors and, and other folks that all play a part in this huge puzzle. And we want to make sure that money gets into the programs that we need. Every single New York state legislator is up for re-election this year, whether that's the 150 members of the state assembly or 63 members of the New York state Senate. These are the folks that are voting on the amount of money in which SUNY gets. And that money trickles down to our campuses. Right here at the University at Albany, we've got a $60 million deficit. And we don't want to see those budget holes be filled with increases in tuition and fees. So it's so important to show up and vote. It's so important to register to vote if you haven't done so. And when you do so, if you're voting by mail, for example, take a picture with your ballot. Take a picture and post it on Instagram. Wear your UAlbany shirt. Wear your SUNY shirt. If you're going to the polls, wear your baseball cap, your scarf, your hat, whatever you've got, and let everyone know that SUNY votes because we are one of the most important constituencies in New York State, and it's so important to get involved and let people know that we are. Yeah, and I love what you said earlier about how SUNY sees us as students as an investment. And I know SUNY SA in particular has done a lot in regards to encouraging legislatures to see us as an investment. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what you've done with Higher Ed Action Day, what that is, and uh, how students can get involved if they're interested? That's a great question. And last year we had uh, two of our flagship events, one being the second annual Local Advocacy Week, where we bring students to the district offices of their legislators that represent them. So for example, if you go to the University of Albany, we connect you with Pat Fahey, who is the assembly member representing you Albany. But let's say you live um, out in Long Island, then we could connect you with Senator Kaplan who represents uh, areas of Nassau County. So we did that event back in the fall. In the spring, we had Higher Education Action Day, like you mentioned, where we brought almost 1,000 students. We also had faculty and staff join us from a variety of our partner organizations. And since the legislature is in session from January to June, and the state budget is up April 1st, we made sure that we were there, right there at the end of February, uh, early March, obviously before COVID, um, really hit. But we were there and we made sure that people knew SUNY, faculty, students, and staff were a priority. So, you know, looking forward into this year, we probably will not have in-person events similar to Higher Education Action Day, but that doesn't mean that we can't involve over a thousand students like we did last time. It just means we might have to be on Zoom or WebEx or another platform, but it's definitely in our mission and in our capacity to connect students with representatives 
um, that represent them and also to make sure our voice is heard. Yeah, and programs like Higher Ed Action Day are so important, and I'm glad to see that SUNY SA is going to continue to advocate for the students, even in a virtual platform. Um, actually, our own department is hosting a program soon that's going to be through a platform called Action Now, and we're going to be writing letters to state legislators asking them to fund programs such as TAP and Excelsior and invest in the students. So thank you for telling us a little bit about that. And if a student wants to, how would you recommend finding a legislator if they want to write their own letter? Well, I would say you can connect with us uh, shortly on our CSA website. We're going to have every single New York State legislator um, representing each campus and also home district. Um, but you can also have the New York State website and type in your address. Um, it'll pop up exactly who represents you as well. Perfect. Thank you for that, Brad. Definitely, as a student leader, I'm so excited to have uh, a student like you in the role of student assembly president because I think we're going to see a lot of change develop and we're going to see a ton of advocacy come out for students and for our funding so that we do get the financial aid and that SUNY does get the critical funding that it does deserve. Um, so, you know, we're definitely excited to see what you do with the student assembly this year and all the amazing uh, initiatives that you're going to develop and everything you're going to accomplish in your role. So we definitely wanted to thank you for uh, stepping into the student soapbox, Bradley. All right, well, thank you so much. It's a team effort. We've got a really great team lined up um, this year, and I really look forward to working with you and the rest of the students in SUNY. All right, thank you, Brad. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week on the Student Soapbox podcast hosted by the Student Association Department of Academic Affairs. Be sure to tune in with us in two weeks for our podcast on student involvement, featuring the Student Association President, Damalola Andesanya, and Student Association Vice President, Dylan Hurtado. Yeah.